All right, so we're back, uh, episode two, Lara Chat Live. Welcome. We've got some new people here. Um, some of their names are, I'm just pulling up the page. We got Matt Lance, developer at Climax Media. Been with, he'd been building apps for over five years and fell in love with Laravel at version four. He loved to contribute to open source projects and currently working on building a company. Welcome, Matt. Um, we've also got Dylan Pierce and uh, been using Laravel in version four. He also drinks the React Kool-Aid. Dabbled in machine learning, API reverse engineering, and he's the builder behind Mirror Mirror Mirror, the world's first lumen powered mirror. And we also have Rid Jamaluddin, um, developer slash designer who can't quite make up his mind on which is cooler. Enjoys UX design, good food, and long, 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 long walk through the Laravel source code. Welcome to our new guide and our. Uh, I guess the only people repeating here are Leo, Mike, and myself, who were introduced in episode one, so I don't need to reintroduce you guys, I hope. So, welcome, everybody. Thank you. Thank you. So, one of the things we wanted to do today was to talk a little bit about CMSs in Laravel, uh, whether that be WordPress or a solution like uh, Matt has, and we'll get him to talk about it. Um, and we've also got one request to talk a little bit about um, scrutinizer CI, and that's from Matt. And that is kind of uh, goes back to our talk in episode one about some of a uh, PHP meth detector and PHP uh, code sniffer. And Matt wanted to bring up this scrutinizer and talk a little bit about it. So I'll pass it back to him and let him give some of his experiences and thoughts about that tool. Thank you. So uh, I first started playing with Scrutinizer when uh, I was working on a Codeigniter project that was just a long-term project. And of course, I was still getting into the whole PSR standards and stuff like that. So uh, once <laughs> so I, I plugged in the, the app to run inside Scrutinizer, and it, it pretty much broke Scrutinizer and then gave me like an absolute failing grade. So the cool part is in Scrutinizer, you actually get a little grading mechanism. So it'll actually feedback like, oh, you have a 9 out of 10 grading and stuff like that. And you can customize your build to analyze based on what you need to check. So, I mean, for me, I was like, well, I can disregard namespaces and stuff like that inside Codeigniter. But nonetheless, it's a super handy tool to see what you don't think about. That's what I liked it for anyway. Uh, cool. Um, any of you guys ever use Scrutinizer or have any opinions about it or thoughts? I have not used a CI tool. I've been trying, I guess, to use Style CI. Um, is it like a is it like a PSR only, or is it actually run test as well? Yeah, you can you can set it up to run pretty much anything you want. It'll do a full build and everything else for you. So I mean, uh, it it just does that that deeper analytics where it actually analyzes your your code and says, hey, here's what you did right, here's what you did wrong. Well, based on your criteria, I'm trying to look up what some of the, uh, how to actually set up the components again. I don't remember anymore. It's been a while since I set it up. Uh, like static analysis. Yeah, yeah. Very cool, very cool. So I guess nobody else has any opinion about it. Um, 
I guess, are we ready to move on to our main topic, the method in Laravel and you? Sure. We can do that. All right, so some, there's some question that we were talking about um, separately from our chat, and um, some of the CMS is like using a WordPress CMS, uh, using some of the built-in ones, or sorry, not built-in, some of the open source ones on GitHub and wherever. Um, you know, there, in my opinion, there isn't a one-size-fits-all solution for a CMS, and a lot of people have different um, ideas about how a CMS should work. So what we wanted to do is get you guys to talk a bit about your experiences with any CMS you have used, uh, any that you've integrated with Laravel, any that you have built on Laravel, and we'll talk a little bit about it and um, some of the things to talk about, like you know the front end aspect of it, uh, like thinking about Spark, uh, the Laravel Spark, Vue.js is uh, tightly coupled into the registration pages, and obviously from there you were encouraged to continue using Vue as part of your Slack or sorry Spark application. Um, I'm curious from you guys, like when you build a CMS, do you do you um, care about the front end philosophies that go into the CMS? Does it matter when when it comes to the front end and so forth? And um, is it really important to have and kind of an un, uh, official slash unofficial uh, admin backend in Laravel? Um, so, kind of, I'll put it to the team to uh, let you guys kind of talk a little bit, a little bit about it, and um, also put some pressure on Matt because he has his own CMS that he's created in Laravel, and we'll get open the floor here. Not everybody at once. Yeah, really. <laughs> I probably have the most unpopular opinion, though. I, if, if someone came up to me and said, hey, like, I need, my business needs a way to have a blog, it needs just a basic thing, I'll just be like, okay, first off, I'm not the guy for you. Here's WordPress. <laughs> like, it's really, really simple. Like, you don't need me. Here's, here's GoDaddy. Here's WordPress. If it's not, right. don't fix it. You know? That's just my opinion. Um, I think Laravel is more for SaaS and less for CMS, but it, it, it's it's a it's a SaaS, so therefore you can build a CMS. But I'm like, well, if somebody already built of millions of people use WordPress, so why go out of the way to build something that's so flexible into a CMS? That's just my opinion. I have been trying to get away from WordPress because. I mean, just like you said, the clientele isn't there. They can, get, they can get it cheaper if they do it themselves, and WordPress is so good now where people can just spin something up real quick and pop in a theme and they're done. The problem I get to is some of the clients who want to use WordPress, but they then have these custom requirements on top of that. And once you start muddling with plugins and themes in WordPress, it just gets nasty. So my gut reactions to say, okay, I like Laravel, Laravel's clean, we can make something clean for you. You have custom requirements, I'll make custom requirements, but then you also have these common components that you want to just drop in, like a blog, uh, a forum, things like that, to go along with their other requirements. And, and that's where I think something uh, that is developed just with drop-in capabilities where you just build out the view yourself, but the back end is there, that's great. And, and I haven't been able to find something like that yet. 
So I think for me personally, when I thinking about what you said there, and when I built, like uh, Dylan said, most of my Laravel uh, apps are SaaS based. There, we don't have a CMS. There's, um, you know, your registration authentication portion, and then you log into the admin panel to do what you need to do. Um, so thinking about what you said, and the way uh, I think a lot of us work is we use Composer to carry in our packages that we want, and. Personally, I would actually love it if there were more packages that I could just say, you know, I, I love that that forum package, and I want to bring that into my site or that, that chat app or whatever it be, and just plug it in and plug it in and plug it in and make it work. I like that idea better than having a full-fledged CMS that I have to learn how it works. I have to learn how um, that developer, his uh, ideology of how a CMS should be, I'm, I'm definitely more on the side of doing it myself. But then again, I'm also a developer. I, we, we can all do that code ourselves. Um, so um, I want to pass it over to Matt, because he's the one here who has done the CMS. And um, we if we had to use his CMS today, we obviously would have to learn how Matt thinks in a way. So Matt, all over to you. Thank you. Um, so what... Okay, so I, I have a couple different viewpoints, and you know everyone can take them or leave them. But uh, for me, yeah, if it's a small client, if it's a simple website, then yeah, WordPress can handle lots of little things. But I completely agree that the more customized approach that they want, to me, it's nicer to have something that's clean cut. Just like Mike was saying, it, it's it, you can build a, a more robust system that's well tested. It's solid. You have that to rely on. So I mean, for me over the last you know couple of years, it's been all the time. It's, it's always like, oh, we want a custom CMS, or we want this, and we want that. And so what I I usually just get around to doing is just building you know a full CMS inside the application itself, and then I just go with it. But then I got a different idea, and this was partially from my buddy Chris Blackwell. He actually said, oh, why don't you just take it out of that? and like take it out of the application. I said, that's kind of cool. So Quarks, uh, which is a full CMS, is actually just a package that can be added to any Laravel app. And the reason I like that approach is because now I could have a Laravel app that handles, you know, it is a full SaaS app, but maybe I do want some PR pages, like some you know public relations pages or policy statements, whatever. Now I have a full CMS that's separated it's totally separate from that, but is still part of the application. So I can still add things to it. I can do unit tests to it, whatever I want, right? Um, the second reason I like this was because I decided that I'm going to try and make it that it'll handle a lot of your your front end stuff for you. So I mean, yeah, I'm using Bootstrap and stuff like that. But technically speaking, there's a lot of ways in which you can override some of that stuff. And, yeah, so, I mean, that was my thought process in terms of, like, a CMS kind of, like, where most of our workload tends to go. I mean, when I think about doing hardcore coding nowadays, it's much more um, you're building SaaS apps. You're building more complex applications. They're not always just little simple sites. And when it comes to simple sites, yeah, WordPress is going to, it's always going to be kind of in the lead. 
So one of the things you said there with regard to bringing in uh, Quarks into your project, personally for me, when whenever I build a SaaS app, I, I have um, two installed. So one would be either a WordPress install or static HTML or Statamic. I'm a huge fan of that framework. Um, we have used, uh, what is it, October CMS in the past, and it's an entirely separate directory install, and it has nothing to do with the actual SaaS app. It's interesting that um, you talk about having the two together. Uh, I'm well, curious what led to that decision. Well, there's there's two factors to it. So the CMS itself is its own package, so it's completely kind of sitting in itself. The core of it is, anyway. But then you have the freedom to be able to, in command line, just say, you know, Quarks, create a module for this, give it a name, and it will create a new directory for you called the Quarks directory and build that module out. So then you could customize that module however you want. And then in the configs, you can disregard all the existing modules and just keep it to a, you know, a very simplified version. But then all of your user account settings, all that stuff is all controlled by your application. So it, it's totally separate from the CMS itself. It's literally just a, more or less, a little magical CRUD tool. Have you ever played with um, Tea Time? It's kind of like your idea, but it's built for like a forum, like a drop-in composer package for a forum rather than a CMS. That's and they cool. have they have their own user models. You can extend them. Uh, they have their own API for each like forum or for posts. So you can actually have your own front end framework and just right. make API calls instead. It's pretty cool. Um, but it sounds a very similar philosophy behind what you're doing here, where you have like a composer package rather than trying to separate into two separate applications, your SaaS and then your CMS separately. Which is pretty cool. I think that's the way it should be done. Totally. I mean, I, I think it brings up an interesting point as well, sort of, uh, do you want to build uh, around your CMS or do you want to build your CMS into your application? Uh, and, you know, obviously the way WordPress goes around it is you start off with the CMS, you build into the CMS. But, Matt, you've sort of gone into the, you pull it into your application, but you're still able to extend the CMS. But I guess sort of the main focus is, being able to make them work together without too much hassle. And I mean, uh, at Snowfire, we, we develop a CMS as well, but it's much more sort of catered towards ease of use uh, and much less towards drop-in development. I think that's a good point uh, you brought up. Are you building toward the CMS or are you building toward your app? And what I like about a drop-in solution is that the app doesn't leave the center of the discussion. Otherwise, the discussion revolves about how can we fix WordPress to match what I want. Now the discussion is how do we adapt the CMS into our app? And the app is always at the center, which is the, the domain-driven design kind of. And, and I think that makes a lot of sense that way, that you always think about your domain first and then make your tools fit its need. In the mic on the WordPress front, I seem to recall that we were having a discussion and you were talking about, um, let's say WordPress was your CMS, but you could turn off the section to have plugins. So your client, let's say, wasn't able to add any plugins, therefore you could just connect to the WordPress database 
And also on, on, on that same note, I also hear, and I don't know for sure, but I hear that WordPress has an API coming out. I don't know, maybe you know a bit more about that or can add your thoughts? Well, when we were talking about this, my thoughts were I, the back end of WordPress is really user-friendly for the consumer, for, for the clients. They like it. They know how to work it. They can update posts, put in content. That's all great. Uh, the plugins in the database for us developers is pretty nasty. So there are some, um, Eric Barnes posted about this a while back, there are some API bridges or database bridges that you can install with Composer into your Laravel app to directly access the WordPress database uh, through Eloquent, which I thought was pretty cool. So my, I, I was kind of running with that, thinking that, OK, why don't we set up WordPress as a backend for the client, and I create a Laravel app on the front end just the way they need it, and let them plug away in the admin side, and we can do all the rest with Laravel. If they're, because I hadn't found a good CMS solution. I'm going to look at Quarks for sure now. This is, looks really interesting. That is a very creative solution. I never heard anything like that before. <laughs> that I've heard a lot of like ways of working around problems, but using a bridge from words like a database bridge <laughs> is like not in like the top five things I would have thought of to do. That's pretty cool. I, I'm going to try it and, and write up the experience no matter which direction I go just to go through it. I want to see how it works. It, it, it's Pretty interesting, I think. Please do that. I would love to read it. That's pretty cool. I think uh, Riz had a question he wanted to shout out. He messaged me. But Riz, take it away. Uh, yeah, real quick. But before that, about the WordPress to Laravel bridge, I saw that, and it's kind of crazy. Um, I think the main issue with building a Laravel uh, application and a WordPress backend is people don't people expect something from WordPress. People like WordPress because you can change the theme with one click. You can add, what is that, 200 million plugins with one click, half of them being giant security holes, but still plugins. Um, so the question then is, if you use WordPress as a backend to your application, do your users mind the fact they're actually having a GIMPed WordPress install? Because I, as I understand, only the, like the post or the pages will go through. They can't just install whatever calendar plugin and suddenly have magical calendars in their app. And on that note, I think this is probably key to how you would pick a CMS. A lot of sites nowadays, a lot of CMSs in particular, feel very, uh, as we mentioned earlier, very cruddy, as Matt mentioned. And a lot of developers think that way. They think in terms of add a post, delete a post, update a post, which is fine for some applications, but a lot of applications now, especially SaaS, they aren't centered around resources, around adding and removing. They're centered around, say, moderating uh, comments, or they're centered around uh, an event countdown and they want to release products. It's a very different flow, and I guess, of course, the right tool for the right job just got to be careful about which do we use for which purpose. And for the, the WordPress bridge, it's great if you want to use a backend to a blog, basically, right? But if you're going to use it as a backend to a giant thing, I'm not sure how clients are going to react to that. It sounds really scary. Yeah, and, and that was my starting point was, how can I spin up a blog real quick without using WordPress? <laughs> because uh, I wanted a blog for my site. I didn't want to... 
do a, a standalone blog application and then build my site around it. I didn't want to do WordPress. So that's kind of a, uh, I don't know, amalgam I came up with that might be a good idea to try, not, not to implement. And plus, the clients who would be using that, just like you said, they wouldn't have a big custom app with custom workflows. They would just want to blog. That's all. Yeah. yeah. It would be very limited. You're, you're completely right. Yeah. You have a scary point with that, though. The fact that Laravel, as a framework, as a platform, and as a community, we don't have a single blogging. I want to blog. Toss up a blog. There isn't one, which I find kind of, kind of interesting. But I think that partially speaks to the way the framework is structured. I mean, it allows us to develop whatever we want, but kind of keeps the the whatever we want it to be. That that's in our you know yep. hands. The the remainder of that is is out of the scope. So I think that's in my opinion, anyway, I think that's best for a framework is to not go down that road. I mean, at least that's my thought process. Stuff like that should be either community-supported or be kind of like uh, almost like a sister organization that would handle that sort of thing because then that way, I don't know, if you have, like, even, uh, what is it? There's the Laravel community or whatever. There's this, uh, Laravel they, they took, Yeah, that one. Yeah. Uh, when they took over all the HTML and uh, form builders and stuff like that, like that to me was a really smart move. And I, and I think to go down the road of something like a, a drop blog or a you know drop in blog would be perfect for that community to continue with. What that did bring up, though, in previous discussions that I had with some other people was that if Laravel had a official admin uh, backend, not with any functionality, just like kind of, maybe Spark will be this. Maybe Spark will be the platform for that, where you can put your settings panels for your bigger applications, and then the, all these drop-in components would utilize that, the Laravel ones, and we would have a common place to go for our backend, which doesn't exist right now. You take a drop-in from one component, it has this one backend. You have to go to another backend for another component. That's that's interesting. Sorry. Um, have you guys uh, used Symphony at all? <laughs> it sounds like we're just talking about like the beginnings of Symphony, where before there was bundles. Like we're talking about making a blog bundle. Symphony had a blog bundle. Like they were just like little components, that little modules that were separated, and then it could be registered with a common framework. Do we think that Laravel is going to go down that path eventually? Or are we going to be continue to be light and have a low, have an easy API so everyone yeah. can pick it up? I don't. I don't think Laravel will go down the road of like a modular or bundled structure. I just, I think if they were going to go down that road, it, we would have seen that kind of implied already. It's very, um, you know, single app focused, right? So, I mean, your your application, all of its controllers, the, the, looking, at, looking at the general HTML or directory structure, it kind of implies, hey, this is one app, not an app with a bunch of bundles. Because your, your bundles are just packages. Right, I mean that's that was the whole. The workbench was really just a tool to help build packages that you could then put out as packages and move forward in that. At least that was that was my opinion. So let me ask you a question. Uh, I could be completely off base here, but you talked about um, where 
imply that we're going down that path. What, what, where does Spark come into relation to that, in your opinion? Oh, for me? Um, Anyone, really. Like, I'm, I'm just trying to think, like, we're talking about bundles from the symphony days and, like, a blog bundle. Well, mm -hmm. isn't Spark kind of following that same pattern of a, this is a SaaS bundle? It, if you don't want to build your own SaaS with all these other packages, you can use Spark. Um, wouldn't, so whether that's good or bad, the same kind of logic applies. Wouldn't, what if there was, like, a blog type but of that, Spark application? But well, it's still well so, I mean, the thing with Spark is that it's something that you, you start off with. It's not something that you begin. You start off with, you want to build a SaaS application, so I use Spark to start that off. Uh, and I think bundles, in another way, is something that, uh, you know, if we would have, suppose, like, I don't know, a public-supported, uh, you know, Laravel backend, you know, where you could have your settings, that's where bundles would plug in. So a bundle could have its own settings, and they could appear in that backend, in that optional backend. But that's sort of how I see bundles versus Spark. Spark is more setting up your sort of base application as opposed to plugging in a given feature? Um, one of the things that I made as a, or as a kind of the precursor to Quarks was a thing called Laracogs, and that is, to me is my little starter kit. So the way that runs is you just simply go in, you, ins you install it, set it up, and then you go run one command to just say, you know, Laracogs starter. And all it does is it publishes in a handful of stuff that I think is solid to get us, you know, get the ball rolling with an app build. And I think that's the whole mentality behind Spark and stuff like that. It's exactly what you're saying, though. It's it's little starter kits where it's publishing in stuff that it thinks would be optimal for you, but you can then customize it, and it is still your own your own singular app. It's not an app of a Prepackaged bundle, right? Yeah, that, that makes sense. Um, I just it just seemed like there were similarities um, between you know what Spark is doing and what the bundles were doing, what Court is doing, uh, so forth. Um, but I definitely like the options that we have within Composer and Laravel to be able to just pull in the packages that we want to pull in and develop what we want to develop. If we want to use Spark, we can use that as our base platform and add in other packages or alter it as we see fit. I actually really love that functionality. So we're not forced to be, uh, we're not forced to do the do everything that Spark does or a blog plugin does or so forth. I definitely like the customizability. I'm totally anti-Spark. I will. I will go. I'll go to AWS for everything. I love AWS. So, I mean, I might be more on like the on like the enterprise side of Laravel. Like, I just see the value in not using that that breadbasket directory structure and like trying to like pseudo bundle things up like right off the bat and pull up packages as soon as I can. But I think I'm I'm sure if I tried Spark for like a small project, I'd love it. I'm sure. <laughs> But I'm pretty stubborn. I'll just stick with AWS because it's awesome. You can do everything in it. 
That's actually a really interesting point. Uh, remember that a lot of Laravel apps are huge, sprawling, enterprise-y apps. One of the problems I'm worried about if with having a single centralized CMS solution, even if optional, is that we'll start seeing a lot of packages rely on that. And it's to the point where you can't, for example, if you're running a forum, like let's let's take an old PHP forum like PHP BB or whatever that was 10 years ago. People were using that from anything from 10 people talking about modding a game to companies talking about their next policy. So I don't know. Uh, that's a good point. A lot of apps are enterprise. They need different things. They want more authorization. They want user groups, all sorts of fizzle-fazzle that smaller apps don't usually need. And this is always the argument about making a single standard, which is, is a single standard going to fit everyone? I, yeah, I think the reason, if a single standard were adopted, it would have to be an official one um, and not a third-party one just to get traction and to be adopted. Otherwise, a third-party one might die off and who knows when it goes away and it won't really gain the same traction as if Taylor makes one like Spark. And I sure. completely agree, it has to be optional. Um, but you, you do make a good point. What I keep thinking about is Laravel is here to make our lives more enjoyable as developers. Does that help, does that make our lives better to have a standard backend? Does it not? That's the discussion, I think. And, and maybe there is no clear answer. Maybe it depends. I think, I think one of the go ahead. Uh, I think one of the things that um, the, the central theme of I think that we all agree that we as developers want to be able to have that freedom to develop how we want to develop, and we all agree that um, a lot of what Level has done. Um, how am I trying to put this? But I think what I'm trying to say, like for me, I came from doing my own framework to using a framework called uh, Yi, which Y-I-I, and then we found Laravel, and it was like, oh my god, this is awesome. And Laravel, and of course I had a good mentor at the time, but Laravel actually pushed me into um, being a better developer, following PSR, using the tools we talked about in the last episode, uh, you know, scrutinizer, unit test, like, actually, it actually made me feel more confident more and, and more encouraged to become a better developer. And uh, I may be a bit inflammatory here, but when I think about WordPress developers, there's a bit of a negative stigma over being a WordPress developer. I know we teach people on the Lara Chat forums about having to build a Lara, or sorry, a WordPress plugin. So there's definitely a negative stigma with a lot of developers that use WordPress because it's quick. It's you just click a couple buttons to install a plugin, and it's there. Um, so if we start implementing, like, and again, I, I worry for Spark. You know, it could make it really easy for a developer to use Spark um, to build their SaaS app, and that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. But are we hurting ourselves as developers by not being able to learn how to actually properly understand the Laravel code base, and beyond that, being able to code ourselves. I think some of that stuff though can also end up helping educate more people, right? I mean, using those sort of things as your first version of, of an app or the first time you want to build a, a solid SaaS app and you 
decide to take on Spark as that that's your thing, right? I think that can be really helpful to kind of get you in the groove of how the Laravel group like mind process is. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. If it becomes your normal thing and that's all you ever use, then it's like, okay, well, you're getting too, you know, don't use the same tool for everything. I have to agree. And the reason why I got into Laravel because it was so easy to pick up, and I'm sure you guys have similar experiences, but at the same time, it gives you the flexibility to say, eh, I'm over facades. Like, I can totally just depend, like, inject that and be able to unit test it. Whereas if you're brand new, you're like, uh, what's a unit test? And I just want to off. I just want to get the current user. So it gives you, like, the flexibility to be as hardcore as you want to be. Or, and it's still at the same time easy for somebody to pick up. So I hope it keeps on to that, but I hope we still see features added to the framework. It's not too confusing for new people. Yeah, I can I could definitely agree with that. Um, I, one thing I definitely do want to see is more developers taking the time to actually read the Laravel source, or let's say they have a bug instead of you know doing a good uh, a stack overflow search or posting on LaraChat or the LaraCast forums, actually look at the source code and start understanding what is happening behind the scenes there. Um, and I think as a developer, you would learn a, a whole lot more about how the whole system works. And, and when I started doing that in my code, I actually started understanding what was going on, which actually made me be able to put together, let's say I was putting together a, a page and um, following like a, a REST architecture. I could just quickly make a controller, make my model, make my views, and you know, I use a repository pattern, so I just have all that set up, and I just go in, I know what I'm doing when I'm building a page, and I can have, um, with Laravel, I've been able to put together an app that uh, I had in my mind, and I didn't really wireframe it, I just kind of developed as I went, but I knew what I wanted on each page, and I was able to do that over the course of a weekend, maybe like three to four hours each day, and I was able to come out with not a complete app, but base functionality was all there, and I don't think, I, I could be entirely wrong, but I don't think there's a lot of other frameworks, or even if you were building it from scratch yourself, where you could work that quickly and that confidently, knowing that your code um, is good. It's uh, there's you know some base security there because you're relying on validation. There's the uh, the, the PDO statements and so forth. Uh, curious on thoughts there. I think we all agree. <laughs> um, I have a very polarizing opinion on all of this. Um, which I think places like Reddit will give me a lot of hate for. I think it's kind of a fallacy for us to connect developer competence with the framework we use, in that it's true that Laravel is very forgiving, and WordPress is also very forgiving. You can really mix and match a lot of settings and uh, a lot of the facade methods, that kind of thing. You see every day on Laravel Slack about people trying to fudge something to work. And they're like, why isn't this resource controller Elias naming thing working? I think it should work. And at the end of the day, I feel like we can't really force developers to go up a level just by making things difficult for them. 
it's better for us to lower the bar. Now, there's a lot of problems with lowering the bar. We see a lot of incomplete Laravel apps out there, Laravel apps which don't fit full, our full standards of you know being testable, being fully uh, reliable, having good performance. There are a lot of apps that don't reach there. But at the same time, if Laravel and other frameworks like it didn't let developers use a real framework, real framework, then they'd be using WordPress. And we all know how that would work out. So I think at the end of the day, who's to blame for developers being lazy or being sloppy with their code? Is it the framework? It's There needs to be a structure for them to do what I call the intermediate leap. There is a ton of learning material for beginners. How to make a model, how to do relationships. There is a ton of material on advanced material, repositories and packages. It's really hard for people, and we see lots and lots of people like this on Slack, trying to jump from beginner to advanced. And that's what the framework is for. So they can go into the back end and try to learn things on their own when they want to. But I think it's not fair to say the framework is somehow stopping them from making that leap. It's enabling them. It's easier to go from a beginner to an advanced Laravel project than a beginner to an advanced WordPress project. And about security, that that is also where Laravel comes in. Laravel, a lot of people who use Laravel don't know what uh, cr cross-site request forgery is. And I think it's great that Laravel lowers the bar enough for people to learn about it. What is the CSRF token that's making all my, uh, all my AJAX requests fail? So they learn about it. It's actually great. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. That goes back to what I said earlier when using the E framework where... Um, you know, as much as I hate to admit this, I would have, let's say, uh, in my controller, one of my action methods. It could have been 200, 300 lines long with all the different conditions I was trying to run, and then coming over to Laravel and actually doing it better. The Laravel enabled me to become a better developer, and that's why I, I, I'm so high on it. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what I really want to encourage, is for people who are coming into Laravel, um, to take the time to, to learn it. Uh, learn, like you said, the CRS uh, cross-site forgery request token, um, to learn what that is. Um, you know, service layers. Uh, there's so many things. I, I don't know where to start, really. But um, I definitely really enjoy how much it had made me a better developer. Definitely. I would not have jumped into the new JavaScript stuff. It wasn't for Laravel Elixir, because it made it so easy to do gulp tasks. I would have had to learn gulp by scratch, and then seeing this huge API with JavaScript I wasn't really familiar with at the time has been like a total pain. But they just made it so easy. Like, oh, Browserify pops out that. Voila, you got a working React thing. Like, wow, that's great. It's easy. Um, my worry is that it's just going to be continuously... Like, it's not going to serve to the more advanced Laravel developers. If you get, if I feel like there's more advanced patterns out there or more advanced things that could be built for Laravel, but it's kind of like, it's kind of like self-serving, you know? Like with, with Symfony, the, the vertical limit to, to learn things is very, very high. So once you, once you become a master of Symfony, it's t it just it takes a lot longer, but you feel like you're, you're more, uh, there's just more to learn. There's more tools to you. Laravel is very tool light. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think with that. Laravel, like Laravel has 
there are a lot of ways to solve your problem without having to go to the advanced level and sort of you come up with the solution and you think, okay, how can I do this in the framework? And then you think, okay, well, this doesn't work, but I can do a workaround using that type of model relationship, which is going to connect to something else. And then that's going to solve my problem. And then you're done with that because you're working towards a deadline or something. And I think really the times when you sort of go deeper down into the framework, at least that's how I sort of started going to the source code is when you, you get to this problem where you sort of, you get stuck. There's not actually a good way of doing it. And that's when you sort of try to understand what the framework is actually doing so that you know, you know, how, how should you actually do it? I mean, that was my entire reason for going into sort of deep down how polymorphic relationships are connected, for example. It sort of stems from this, you, ha you, have, you find a problem that you can't just work around easily with a sort of fundamental Laravel skills. So with that note, I think we'll probably start wrapping it up. We usually reserve half an hour for the chat, and this one's gone about 15 minutes over, um, obviously with a great topic, which I think we all agree we can you know, talk about this one for quite a few hours and uh, start talking about the different CMSs and, yeah, and you know, on and on. So we're going to wrap it up for today, and I'd like to thank all of our guests for coming on and sharing their opinions, um, and hope you guys come back next week. Uh, if there's any other people out in the Chat community or Laravel community that want to come on here and uh, yell at us or tell us how things should be, um, more than welcome. I uh, thank you all, and uh, good night. Thanks, guys. See ya. Thanks. Later. See you. Good night. Night.